We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. We're barely bowl eligible here on KC Sports Network. I'm Tucker Franklin hanging out with Matt Lane and Matt Miller. We are previewing, we are continuing our college football previews here on uh, Barely Bowl Eligible. We, there's a lot of news in the college football world, so we had to, we had to go to the Pac-12. We had to go out west, and uh, before we get into it, Maddie, how are you doing today? Uh, listen, we had to get to the Pac-12 before there was no more Pac-12 <laughs> to do. I mean, you know, we just had, we had to jump on the, on the iron while it was hot here because, uh, I mean, one, I'm excited for for college football season we're in the middle of you know the chiefs training camp right now so we're all excited about that college football's close like i'm having a good time right now uh mm. matt how's how's everything going for you right now i'm sure things are starting to ramp up and uh, get a lot busier for you yeah things are definitely starting to ramp up trying to get familiar with you know like 1200 college football players so that i can start narrowing my list down and figuring out who to watch but i am glad we're doing the pac-12 while that conference still technically exists um but uh i, I think it's it's kind of unfortunate. The Pac-12 has the, it feels like a sure thing as the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft with Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at USC. But all the talk is about who's leaving the conference. It's not about, oh my God, we have this transcendent quarterback prospect. Not to mention a couple other pretty good quarterback prospects and yeah. Michael Penix and Bo Nix and Cam Ward. And, and like, there's some good quarterback play out there. So it's it's unfortunate that all the talk right now is about who's leaving the conference, not who's actually playing in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting situation going down in the Pac-12. And just a year ago, it seemed like the Pac-12 was in a pretty solid position and the Big 12 was in, a, in that depleting uh, situation. But they've kind of the roles have been reversed as Colorado, if you don't know already, has decided to join the Pac-12 in 2024. They are going to go to the, to the Big 12. Um, USC, UCLA are going to the Big 10. Uh, and look, there's another team rumored to go to the Big 12. It hasn't been announced yet. I know the Big 12 said or there's been reports saying that um, there's another mystery team in the mix. I don't know if it's from the Pac-12. They didn't say what conference it was from, uh, but it's going to be really interesting. Conference realignment is so exciting, so fun. Um, but but Matt, I want to get your thoughts on this. Colorado going back home. I've seen some takes on Twitter of like, oh, Colorado's now limping back to the Big 12. I don't necessarily know if that's the case, but what do you think about uh, Colorado to the Big 12? I am such a geography nerd that I'm happy just yeah. from that. And we talked about this when we big when we did the Big 12 preview. 
like BYU to Central Florida. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Uh, so this one makes more sense to me. Uh, hot take Mizzou should also get in the Big 12. It just makes sense from a from a geography standpoint, but I'll digress at that. Um, I, I think it's good for Colorado. Um, you, when USC and UCLA leave, you know, what's left there? I think it's a matter of time before we see Oregon and Washington flirting with another conference as well. Um, and with Dion there, with them actually selling out games at this point, yeah. um, it, it makes sense to try to strike while the iron's hot, as Maddie said a little bit. Um, I don't think Colorado's going to be any good at all this year. So um, it's also like, go ahead and get that, that you know, invite while you can, because I don't know that the product on the field is going to match the hype we're seeing off the field right now. I think it's a matter of time before that happens, but uh, good, good for the buffs getting back to the big 12. I grew up, I'm a, I'm a product of the, the old, you know, big eight and the Southwest conference. I am that old. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see people going home now. Yeah. It, it makes a ton of sense for Colorado, right? Like they, I don't want to say they always felt entirely out of place in the PAC 12, but it didn't ever make like a lot of sense. I know they originally kind of went out there to get a better foothold into like California and the Northwest for recruiting. Cause they weren't winning any of the battles in the Midwest or down into Texas and stuff with one with NIL and then two with Deion Sanders, who has connections to Texas and everything like moving back, just gets them a little bit closer, probably to where they want to recruit, at least in the short term, it puts them in a much more stable conference. I mean, like, I think it's what mm -hmm. their, their media rights shares, like guaranteed now, at like 31, whatever million dollars per year, yeah. based on the TV stuff. And the PAC 12 is just kind of still sitting on their hands, not really sure what they're going to be able to pay everybody. And San Diego state's flirting with entering the PAC 12, but then maybe not like they're, they're in such a weird spot. So Colorado gets stability. They get to another very competitive conference where I think they just make a little bit more sense. So yeah, I think it's a good move for the big 12. It's a good move for Colorado. And I think this is the writing on the wall for the PAC 12. This is a power yeah. five team, like jumping ship. I know Texas yeah. and Oklahoma are just kind of doing it, but that's at least to the sec. Like that's a clear step kind of up going from the PAC 12 to the big 12 is technically a lateral move but like you're a power five team leaving a conference yeah. after two more just in the previous season like i don't know you're yeah. in a, you're in a pickle if you're the pac-12 well that's what i kind of want to talk about next is like how much longer does the pac-12 have i mean you talk about the media rights deal that's the that's the toughest part of all of this is the whole time they've been really it's been a very odd posturing by the big by the pac-12 saying like oh we've got a deal but we're not going to announce it yet we've got we're working on this but we're not going to announce anything yet and they just seem to be uh, to be losing teams left and right and talking about teams like San Diego State uh, wanting to go there. I think I saw something about like SMU should go to the Pac-12. Like they're going to be taking all these like American teams out here. Yeah. But I don't know if I don't know if they're going to have a, like come 2024 where they're going to have eight teams. It seems like right now. I mean, th there's probably more rumored moves out there as we've talked about. Um, I talked mentioned to you guys. I saw Brutus the Buckeye on his Instagram posted a picture with the Oregon Duck and said like big things coming. It's like everyone's hinting at like ev everyone else leaving. Uh, Matt, what do you think is like the is it, past 2024? Does the Pac-12 exist? I guess is what I should ask you, Matt. I don't, I don't know how they can. And like you said, there's the media rights deal, which, you know, the, the place I work is involved in that. I, I don't know anything about it. That doesn't trickle down to those of us who cover the NFL draft. There's people who uh, make those decisions. I'm not one of them. Um, but I just don't know, like, if you don't have a media deal right now, how could you get one? When there's right. rumors of, you've already lost USC and UCLA, second biggest TV market in the country. Uh, also, you know, blue bloods historically within your within your conference and now you're rumored to lose oregon and washington colorado is not good but they have Deion sanders who is a gigantic celebrity in your sport 
Like, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to like Washington State, Oregon State, Utah. Uh, they're good programs. They produce good players. But those are small market teams. Mm-hmm. They're not bringing in the the eyes. You know, like we did the Big 12 last week. And, and when they started adding, you know, like Houston, it's like that's a huge TV market that you're mm-hmm. adding. So if you're the Pac-12, what market is out there for you to tap into? Arizona and Arizona State aren't keeping this conference alive. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work like that. So uh, I don't know who you would try to entice to get in there, um, especially anyone west of the Rockies. It's going to get pretty tough to find a team. Well, and I think that's the trickle, like the hard part they get to, I guess, is the TV right deals, the, the space, the slots that are left in your main TV partnerships, they don't have enough for a 12 team, 14 team league. And so the Pac 12 getting down smaller, I guess it might somehow help them out. But if you're CBS, ESPN, you know, these big, these big TV packages looking for stuff, why not just have the Big 12 add two more teams? And that way you're only filling in <laughs> two slots instead of yeah. 12 slots and getting the Colorados and or the Stanford's and the Arizona States on TV. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. I don't think they have a spot. Like, I just don't think mm. they have a spot right now. There's going to be a mad scramble, I think, to get Oregon and Washington together. That makes the most sense to go to the Big Ten, I think, get another chunk of teams out on the West Coast. But, like, that's the last yeah. the, that the Pac-12 has are those two Northwest schools. I've heard a little bit of a rumor that Arizona, a lot of like fans from Arizona want them or think that they might be going to the big 12 too. Like they think they might be the surprise team would be Arizona to the big 12. Mm. I think that kind of works for the big 12's desire to be a basketball conference. Yeah. As well, uh-huh. um, so like, that's just another one that's going out there right now. I just too many rumors. There's just, there's just too much smoke to blame the Pac-12 yeah. making it to be honest. Yeah. Does Arizona leave without Arizona state? Matty, do you think, do you think they do that? Yeah, I think they would. Um, I don't think you have to put those two together. Um, I think it would be mm. helpful. The problem is just like how many teams does the Big 12 honestly want to take on, right? Yeah. Like if they don't – I think I heard that they Brett Yormark wants to be around 14 teams. They'll be, what, back to 12 next That's year true. without OU and Texas. Colorado makes it 13. There's – I mean, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know where yeah. they're going to go with it. I don't know if they could have space for Arizona and Arizona State. Mm. That makes sense. Don't really want an odd number there. It makes things a lot more difficult. But uh, yeah. I guess let's talk about what's going on on the field this season for the Pac-12 <laughs> because it's a very interesting conference. Uh, Matt, as you mentioned, lots of quarterbacks in this conference, lots of very good quarterbacks. And I think Matty and I even talked about last year. Uh, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks were the same from last year. Like this was yeah. a sneaky good like offensive uh, of conference. When you if you wanted to watch some offensive football, you watched the Pac-12, and they just had their media day recently. So they have with the media day comes out the preseason poll. Probably no surprise to anybody that USC was the top spot. They did 25 first place votes, followed by Washington, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA coming in at six, uh, Washington State at seven, Arizona at eight, Cal at nine, uh, 10 Arizona State, 11 Colorado, which could be a surprise to some people, and yep. uh, 12 Stanford. And we were kind of talking, there's a clear line, I think, when you look at the teams in this conference that are, uh, that could compete for the title and then teams that you don't really think that will be up there for the title. If I can say that politically correct. That was um, very nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a clear line. Um, but uh, let's start with Matt. What do you think of the strength of this conference? I, mean, I think it's the quarterbacks. It definitely is. You're right. There's a Mendoza line with, as far <laughs> as teams go in this conference. It's like, there's the, there's probably six teams that you're like, you know what? I will carve out time in my schedule yep. to watch them play. And then there's six teams where you're like, you know, is gun smoke on? Like, can I watch something else? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, so I do think you've got some haves and have nots, but 
even those have nots is man, the quarterback play in this conference is so good. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not just Caleb Williams, it's Michael Penix, who, you know, a, a dynamic lefty who's had some injury issues, but his play last year, you watch him and you're like, gosh, dang, this dude has some first round qualities and some first round moments. It's just, can he overcome that injury bug and that label of injury prone? Um, you know, we, we Bo Nix, Bo Nix was a punchline when he was at Auburn and he goes to Oregon and becomes, I mean, there's, you know, round two, round three talk on Bo Nix as a quarterback prospect. So, and that's not to mention the cams, you know, who are both yep. really talented guys as well. I mean, it's, it's a fun conference. So um, if you want to watch quarterback play, I know we did the big 12 and I was like, man, this is an offensive line conference this year. Mm -hmm. Pac-12 is a quarterback conference once again. And this is, you know, there could be six quarterbacks drafted out of this conference. So it's it's definitely one you got to keep an eye on. Not for you yeah, Chiefs we, fans, because you guys yeah, yeah. you have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but for everybody else, you want to watch this conference. Listen, when we're sitting there in like round six and, you know, DJU has transferred to Oregon State and, you know, yeah. muddles around there, we can just snag him in round six, be a backup. Uh, no. Yeah. I, yeah, the quarterbacks in this in this conference are, are insane. I mean, like I just said, DJU, who won upon once upon a time was like everyone's the next guy there at Clemson yeah. right after Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, whether it's the offensive system or whether he maybe wasn't ready for it, I guess we'll find out this year. But he's now in this conference that has already fixed to some degree Michael Penix and Bo Nix. It's just it, it's a lot of fun with the quarterbacks. Uh, I think the strength, I kind of see two things here. I agree. It's very, there's very much a hard line. I would even go as far to say, I think there's, it's a four team conference. Like there's four teams that if you mm -hmm. told me that USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon win the conference and are going to the playoff, I'm not surprised. I'd be a little shocked if anybody besides those guys win the conference. I just do think that there's a talent disparity from those four I guess to kind of the rest of it, but then, yeah, then it falls, falls off pretty hard in the bottom six teams after that. Um, so I'm going to say the coaching staff though. I really like the coaching staff in here. You have a lot of innovative coaching. Everybody knows Lincoln Riley at USC. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff going on there, but then you get uh Kalen DeBoer there at Washington and what yeah. he was able to do last year. And then Oregon yeah. state, you know, up there in Corvallis always has their, their, uh, the run game that they got working on. And now they're trying to incorporate a little bit more play action passing. You got Dillingham or not uh, you got Kenny Dillingham is moving around. Like you have all these guys that are now in this conference. That I think are bringing new stuff, not new stuff to college football, but like just innovative stuff. They're doing fun things and you're getting some of these coaching staffs coming up from the FCS or coordinators from other teams that are coming over. So I, I like to watch them. I like to see what they're doing and it works out really well for me being on the East coast. Cause in like, nothing's happening at like 11 p.m. when the Pac-12, you know, takes the TV. <laughs> like that's the one, that's what I need the yeah. Pac-12 around for. I need those yeah. late night games when nothing else is happening. Kids are asleep. Wife doesn't really care that football's on the TV again because like uh, we, we need, I need that. I need to keep the Pac-12 after dark <laughs> around as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Lanning as well, what he's doing at Oregon, yeah. um, which he just got paid as well. Yeah, um, but that's, that's kind of a fun, like, you know, battle within the, the, the conference, excuse me, is, Whittingham at Utah and Lanning at Oregon, as long as we have a Pac-12, like watching them compete with Lincoln Riley is a really fun, like <laughs> kind of nerd chess match of like, how are you guys going to kind of knock each other off? And like we saw last year, uh, I'm dumb and, and said in August, I don't know if USC loses a game. And then people were like, what about Utah? I was like, shit. Yep. I forgot about Utah. And, mm -hmm. and, and the Utes put that smack down. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's as much fun as USC is. And as they're going to be on sports center every week, like yep. Utah and Oregon and Washington are still really tough teams as well. 
Absolutely. It's a very interesting guy. I was going to bring up Dan Lanning too, because you, that contract, I think it was like $45 million or something like that. With uh, it, the, the numbers are insane uh, from that. Yeah. $45 million extension, including a $20 million buyout. Um, and by the way, buyouts are getting insane in college football now, uh, just like as coach <laughs> yes. contracts in general, just like they're absolutely yep. insane. But um, we got to take a quick break. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, some of the dark horse teams in this conference. Kind of as we mentioned, it's a little bit of a little bit of a hard line, but we'll talk about some teams that, that could be some dark horses coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back into Barely Bowl Eligible here on KC Sports Network, a college football podcast here at KCSN. We're talking Pac-12. We're previewing the Pac-12, and we're going to talk about some dark horse teams here. Matt, I want to start with you because, uh, you know, Maddie brought this up with uh, with Oregon State and uh, DJU. That's who you got as your dark horse. Sorry to spoil it, but uh, that's who you got done as your dark horse team. Uh, but I just I just completely stole your thunder there. I saw it's it. Okay. I like, that's a good I one. No drum oh, roll. Uh, it's good. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead and go just yeah. talk about Oregon State, please. So shocker, my surprise team is Oregon State. It is uh, a lot of DJU coming in. You know, I remember watching this dude rip, uh, filling in for Trevor Lawrence, his true freshman yeah. season against Notre Dame, and he throws for like. 450 yards and it, you have this moment of like oh man he might be he might be next you know he might be the next guy um that has did not happen at clemson like you said maybe it was the scheme uh the offensive line play at clemson is low-key terrible and, and i do think that has held him back some um but we'll get a chance to see now you know jonathan smith who uh, an alum of oregon state he has that program pointing in the in the right direction in my opinion you know they're, they're running that beautiful spread offense and that's going to benefit what dj does it's a senior laden team uh they have a lot of experience and as much as they do want to run the ball they're i think they're going to put dj in some better opportunities i know he has said uh he has taken his health a little more seriously this year he is in better shape um hopefully you know also just getting on the west coast is going to be beneficial for him you know it's things move a little bit slower out there than that you know the lights and the pressure of clemson where you're replacing a legend in trevor lawrence um, so I'm, I'm bullish on them. I'm not, I don't think Oregon state's going to win the conference by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they will be, you know, they're ranked fifth in the preseason polls. I wouldn't be shocked if they overperform, uh, because of the experience, but also I think we could see someone like DJ, you really boost his draft stock. And 
not get back in the first round conversation like he was as a true freshman, but but definitely get up in and maybe that top one twenty conversation. Yeah, but I think Oregon State is probably like the most correct answer here when you get past like the the teams at the top. Those four teams at the top that are a lot of people are kind of expecting to compete because they're kind of like Utah and that you know it's going to be an ugly game when you go up to play them. It's going to be physical. A lot of stuff's going to happen. And then if they get DJU to play at like a Cam Rising-esque level, which isn't a yeah. first-round quarterback, but a very good college quarterback, they become a dangerous team. So yeah, I think that's a good one. I'm going with Washington State, and it's entirely on the back of Cam Ward making uh, a jump in his second year at Washington State. And just, here's a guy that has all the physical tools. I mean, he's not Caleb Williams, don't get me wrong, but he has a ton of physical tools. Like, he's closer to a Caleb Williams physical physically than he is some other quarterbacks that you're going to be, you know, playing in college football. And so if he can make that jump mentally, he can get on the right page. He can get his consistency down. A guy with his athleticism and his arm talent really can be a huge weapon, especially in this conference where there is a lot of offense going on. You know, uh, Ben Arbuckle, the uh, offensive coordinator from Western Kentucky, is there with him for the second year. So, like, I think that if he's ready to take that step and the team around him can be competent enough, maybe they catch lightning in a bottle and this team can just score enough points over and over again. I don't anticipate the defense being great. I do believe they lost you know, a lot, both their starting linebackers from last year, they're like highest linebackers with the most snaps played. They lost some guys on defense, but I do think that they can maybe do enough. And it's just, it's all the Cam Ward show. I think the entire wide receiver rooms transfers this year. So, you know, there's not a it lot is. of continuity. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's not a lot of continuity there, but I, I saw some of the throws he made against Oregon and some of them, there were some bad throws in there too. Don't get me wrong. There was some head scratchers, but there's also some phenomenal plays. And like, I'm always going to be enticed by that. So Give me Washington State as a, as a sleeper team here just because I do think there's a big gap between the top and the bottom. But Cam Ward's a type of player that I think can close that gap just based purely on his talent at the most important position. I think we need to have a conversation about Colorado uh, <laughs> because uh, they picked 11th in the preseason poll. Uh, Matt, you mentioned at the top that you don't think they're going to like this isn't going to be the year that they take the big jump. A very bizarre I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but a very uh, interesting kind of start to the beginning of the Deion Sanders uh, reign in Colorado and Boulder. He, a lot of transfers going out, a lot of transfers coming in. They're redoing, they're, they're renovating basically that whole program. Picked 11th. Um, I'm, I want to get your guys' thoughts on Colorado. Like we talked oh. about them going to the Big 12, but like as a team this year, uh, they've yeah. got some like very skilled players but how do you think that that translates uh matt i want to start with you uh, how do you think that translates onto the field this year i'm very very excited to see some of those players you know like you said i mean what, what Dion say that he was bringing his, his baggage with him and it was it was louis or something yeah. like that i mean that if you look at their depth chart every player is a transfer player i i i want to say i don't have it in front of me i believe they have three returning starters <laughs> on the entire team like, I mean, I'm talking like offense, wow. they have three returning starters. So it is like that could work. I don't know how much continuity, you know, matters in college football. I like to think it does matter. Coaches think it matters. But I mean, you're going to rock with 19 new starters. We have no idea what to expect. And I know I was joking around. I was like, I don't think they're going to be very good. That's my whole basis that they're not going to be very good is how do you do that when you basically have like right. 20 players returning from last year's team. Now you could say last year's team sucks. So it's probably a good thing that you're turning the roster over, but it's unprecedented what Dion is doing there. And, and I'll, you know, be anxious to see if it works, but I mean, you got Travis Hunter, you got Shadur Sanders. Those are 
big names and they're big time players uh, at Jackson State. I want to see how well they play at the next level if they can continue to to do some of the things they were doing there. Also, I want to see Travis Hunter. Is Travis Hunter going to play like Ironman football like I had to do in high school at a 1A in Missouri where it's like, hey, bro, like you're you're on every special team, you're on offense, you're on defense. Hope you're in shape because we need you out there. But uh, they're going to be fascinating to watch just from that standpoint of like, I mean, you're going to need to print the roster as a fan. Yeah. You know yeah. People are. So it's going to be wild. So I, I pulled up their depth chart while you were talking on uh, our lads. And like, if people don't use it, transfer players are in like a goldish color <laughs> instead of blue. There's a whole lot of gold on this, oh, uh, on bet, this page man. when you pull it up. I mean, they'll be fun. I think they'll be fun, right? I, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know how good they'll be. I, I think they're going to get their ass kicked in the trenches. I think that's mm-hmm. where you're a little scared if you're yeah. if you're Colorado fans is when you go up against I, I don't know if they play Utah this year or not, but like if you when you go up against some of the more physical teams, I don't know if they'll be able to hold up. But I do think their their offensive weapons and then their skill players on the back end of the defense should be good. So like they have a chance in this conference to get into some games where their their athleticism and some of just the playmakers they have can take over and at least bring you fun football. I just don't know how much that's going to translate to wins. I think it's the ultimate, ultimate wild card. Is Shadir Sanders yeah. going to look as good as he did at Jackson? I thought he looked really good, especially when I watched him. I was like, oh, there's something here, but how does that translate at the next level? Same thing with, you know, Travis and all these guys. Like, I just, I'm, I'm curious to see. I think athletically they'll be okay. I'm just worried about the trenches as they take that first year step. Yep. I uh, I looked up because I wanted to know the the uh, number of transfers that they had, and uh, according to this article from ESPN on May fifth, Colorado has had seventy one players enter the transfer portal since last August. Um, I mean, how many did they bring in? You know, like that's the thing. I want to see like the net. You know, how many did you lose versus how many did you bring in? Do they have? You know, like what? I mean, transfers in forty two, forty two transfers in. And it looks like they had seventy. They have seventy-one scholarship players out of eighty-five. That was as of May, but they had forty-two transfers in, and uh, seventy-one <laughs> entered the transfer portal as of last August. Like that's, that's still almost, like, like you're almost hoping you're on penalties so you, you doesn't look as bad that you don't have as many scholarship yeah. players. It's like oh, we yeah. actually we can't we can't have eighty-five. <laughs> we have to have seventy. Wild. It, it is. A, it would. I can't wait to see it's it's either going to be it's going to change college football or it's going to be a dumpster fire either way it's going to be fun to watch yeah it's hilarious looking at the roster I'm going through here right now and there's there's guys that have transferred that I know the names and I had no idea what their uh Kavasi smoke uh running back mm-hmm. from Kentucky ended up there Alton McCaskill oh, wow. from Houston another they just have some guy, like fun players that I didn't had no clue were in Colorado or now there that's now the landing spot for everybody it's destination now <laughs> I kind of want to go to a game just to, yeah. like, just to watch. They play USC at in Boulder. I think I so. Look it up, but like, I mean, that, yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> it's in Boulder. That'll be a good one. Um, yeah, I just think it's an interesting conversation about Colorado because you you're either all for Colorado being really good or you're all like, like it's it's not one or the other. They're not gonna you don't <laughs> talk to somebody about Colorado and they'll be like, yeah, I think they'll be a middle of the pack team. I think they'll be. I think they'll yeah. like. No, they're either not going to be very good or they're not going to be or they're going to win the whole thing. But uh, let's get the players to watch. I'll go ahead and start with mine just because it kind of goes into the Colorado conversation because I have Travis Hunter down. Um, he was the only player that was uh, that showed up as uh, two times on a, on a uh, Pac-12 all preseason team as a defensive back. And he was as a special teams all purpose guy is what they did. But Matt, you kind of mentioned it. 
what is he going to do? What is he going to play? I remember I heard an interview with, uh, with Deion Sanders about like, Hey, if he wanted to be a wide receiver, he could be a very good wide receiver in the NFL. If he wanted to be a D back, he could be a very good D back in the NFL too. I think, I think Dion might've even said uh, almost as good as me in the NFL is what Dion said. Uh, but I think it's going to be really interesting how they use him. It's going to be what he wants to do because uh, again, the special teams ability is him as well. with the returning the football and a lot, uh, you know, I, I, there's just so much about him. I want to see how he performs against, as you guys mentioned, this, this higher level of talent and everything like that. But I definitely think that he's one of those guys to watch because could be a, uh, a very big guy in, in this conference. Yeah. I, I mean, I it, he's a wide receiver. I, I just want to see him play wide receivers. All like I, I, yeah. I think he can do it. I think he's one of those defensive backs that could like legitimately just go play wide receiver and be really good. And not that corners, not important or anything like that. It's just when I watch him play, when they put him in there on third downs or in the red zone to play wide receiver, I'm like, Oh, like he just kind of gets it. Like he just kind of gets how to play. It's like, I wish he would play more wide receiver, but it seems like they're going to keep that to be a little bit more limited, at least to start the year. Yeah, that's what I'm very curious. He's, I think he's listed a wide receiver, but I don't know how much that matters yeah. because as we joked about, we don't know what this roster means right now. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, he's just one of those players, I think at Jackson State. I mean, obviously he was a five-star recruit. If people yeah. don't know the story, um, could have gone basically anywhere, goes to Jackson State and he looked like a five-star. I mean, he, you know, when I evaluate, uh, you know, smaller schools, you want to see a player dominate. Like you want to watch them play and be like, hey, this guy does not belong here. He's one of those players. And so uh, it will be fascinating to see how he looks against the USC's and the Washington's and the Utah's. Um, but he is, I mean, truly just a dynamic player that could do a little bit of everything. Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. that there's a limitation that, that you could say, I, oh, you know, but he, I mean, from a draft standpoint, you will get knocked, you know, it's like, a, oh, well, yeah. he's a, he's positionless, you know, it's like, is he a wide receiver? Is he a corner? Is he a return man? If you haven't seen him do one thing consistently at an elite level, you know, then you're drafting out potential, which someone would do, but, but it definitely affects your stock. No, for sure. Um, my player to watch, I'm cheating. This is what I like to do when we uh, do stuff like this. I'm taking the entire UCLA, like defensive end room. Um, like, obviously I think uh, Latu, Liatu Latu, I don't, I'm probably pronouncing this incorrectly. Uh, he was at Washington to start his career, then I believe had to medically retire and then showed back up at UCLA last year, had double digit sacks, was a lot of fun. But when I was watching him, I also noticed the, the Murphy twins. So there's Grayson and Gabriel Murphy also on that roster, and both are good. I see, I think I like Grayson a little bit more. Um, it's a little hard to tell. They're number 11 and number 12. They make it very fun to try to tell them apart. But like just the entire UCLA defensive end room, I think these guys are all. NFL players. I don't know if any of them are going to be, you know, stud top 50 type picks, but I think they're all going to get to the NFL. They'll probably hopefully all compete to be drafted. And I just want to see kind of which one of these guys has taken that next step forward. Um, I was a little surprised Latu didn't come out last year. Uh, he maybe yep. got, you know, some word back from the NFL saying, Hey, go prove that you can be healthy again. Cause there is obviously the medical concerns, but these guys are all coming back. I'm excited to see what they can do. They're all pretty good. You know, Bendy-ish, strong edge rushers. And if you watch some games, I mean, they just completely took over. That UCLA defense was not great when that pass rush wasn't getting home. So when they got stops, it was kind of those as on the back of those three guys. So I want to see what they can do this year with another season kind of getting used to and playing with each other. I think that Bruins defense might have to carry the team a little bit more this year just with all the turnover they had on offense from last season. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely think so. Which is not what you think of when you think of Chip <laughs> Kelly. You know, it's like, well, let's <laughs> hope the defense, defense uh, will step up this year. Uh, I love that pick. I'm actually going to go with an offensive lineman, which I know a player to watch. Offensive lineman, uh, not normally something you hear. But Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle from Arizona, is a player to watch. I mean, his mobility and space is, is fantastic. And I think even for you Chiefs fans, you know, you're watching your offensive tackles have to live in space and have to be able to move around with an agile quarterback. Uh, that is exactly what Jordan Morgan does. And he is so fluid. So uh, reasons to watch Arizona might be a little limited this year, uh, but Jordan Morgan has a chance to be one of the better offensive tackles in the country. So maybe not up there with a, you know, Olaf Fashanu or a Joe Alt, but certainly in that next tier in that conversation. So uh, really, really fun guy to, if you're an offensive line fan, you probably already know who he is, but yeah. definitely someone that I would recommend spending some time getting familiar with. Love it. All right, we're going to take one more break. We're going to get to our conference winner projections and then some final thoughts coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Back on Barely Bull Eligible here on KC Sports Network. We're talking Pac-12 here, and let's get into the conference winner predictions. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Who do you got winning the conference? Well, much like last year, I'm going to take USC again. I, I think I think a year ago there was doubt about could Caleb Williams do it? You know, could he could he succeed again after we saw half of a, a season that first year at Oklahoma. Well, he did it last year. He was amazing. Uh, he's now being compared to your guys quarterback from anybody who talks about football, basically. Uh, but I, the question for USC will be once again, the defense, we know they will be explosive offensively. They've got a cast of wide receivers that are super, super talented, but can the defense get it done? Last year, they could not. I mean, every game was a shootout. And early in the year, that was fine. They were winning those games. But as soon as they ran into teams that could slow them down just a little bit, uh, they, they were getting completely stopped. So I think that'll be the key this year is they have, I believe, six new starters on defense. So um, early in the year, the key is going to be for those guys to get on the same page, to develop their strong safety. Caleb Bullock is a star. Uh, he will be a very, very early draft pick. Um, there's definitely uh, you know, some Derwin James to his game. So they should be a, a team you're going to watch because the offense is amazing. If the defense can come together, if those new additions who are mostly seniors, uh, if they can gel early in the year for that stretch run, then I, I think we could even see USC be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I think USC probably has the nod over these other teams. They have you know the most proven, I guess, head coach at this point in time. They have the best quarterback in the country. If you know, at worst case, tied for the best with the Drake Man in North Carolina, and so they should be at the top of the list. I, however, can't put down my Homer roots. We're bringing back out the Huskies. We're getting the Huskies back out here, coming <laughs> in for Washington uh, last year. A lot of fun. They were my early like favorite team to watch last year, especially at night. And then TCU's, you know, close games kind of took over that lead. But I, I love watching Washington. I love Michael watching Michael Penix. I, I, his throwing motion so much fun to watch. I don't know if it's the best. It's not necessarily the quickest, but it's so aesthetic to watch. Maybe it's just being a lefty with a little bit of a longer release that's not quite as normal. It just it looks really nice. And then you throw out that wide receiver room with Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, uh, Jalen Polk all came back. Like it's one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. It's them, Texas, LSU. Like those mm -hmm. those three teams are three deep at wide receiver. All really good. I think Washington's due 
for a small step up defensively. Like, I think that's the big thing that held them back last year. Their defense, especially in the secondary, was just so bad, and that's abnormal for them. They almost always have a quality secondary or a couple players there, and last year, that's where they really lacked. Hopefully, they take a step up this year. They also returned uh, Braylon Trice, who might be the best defensive uh, draft prospect coming out of this conference this year. So, there's a lot of fun stuff for the Huskies. I just hope they can be a little more consistent than last year because I do think they have the offensive firepower. The one thing working against them, guys, I'm pretty sure they play USC, Utah, and Oregon this year. Like they play all three of the other big teams. I don't know. I don't think they might be the only one. Like they definitely mm-hmm. have a very hard schedule. So uh, that's what's going to work against them. But I, they'll be battle tested as they take this conference. Yeah. Battle test is a good way to put it. Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, Maddie, those top four teams, like with the USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon, those were the only teams that received first place votes in the uh, media poll. Uh, so your your theory justifies that of of the the being a four team race. I for my conference winner, what I have down is Utah, purely based on the fact that uh, Cam Rising is is the USC's kryptonite, and with him coming back, that's what yep. I have it down. Uh, I Utah. I think they lost a decent amount of guys. I think they were also tied for, uh, or they had the most on the uh, all-conference preseason team. So they've still got some guys. They've got the offensive line working. Uh, But I I think that just purely based on the fact that they really seem to have the USC's number last year, and I don't know uh, what all is going to change from that. I like Utah. Again, it's one of those teams that wouldn't be shocked if either (laughs) USC or Washington win it, but Utah was one of those teams last year that – you probably would have asked me. I would have been like, ah, it seems like it's USC's conference to lose, and I didn't really think much of Utah. And now I'm, I'm very keenly aware of the Cam Rising effect. <laughs> and that's such an uh, experienced team. You know, they do a great yeah. job of just – they build from the bottom up. And so you're going to have guys like – it's the anti-Colorado, where you're going to have guys who are there <laughs> four or five years. Everyone knows their name. The coaches actually know who they are. Uh, <laughs> they don't have the tape on their helmets, you know, like to, with the last name. Uh, at Colorado they probably have the position and last name with some of those guys so I I think at Utah like it's more of almost like how an NFL team is built and run because there is so much chemistry and continuity and and they develop their players so they might not always have like the you know the most players on a a Pac-12 you know first team list or they might not have the most draft prospects but they're usually just the best football team which is really what matters yeah they're going to drag you into a mud fight. I mean, they're just not going to lose, right? And like, yeah. that's what a Lincoln Riley team. And then, I mean, especially you put Lincoln Riley in, in California and Los Angeles. Like that's, that is something they don't want to see. Right. And Utah did that twice last year. Well, the second time they kind of just blew them out by just running the ball yeah. down their throats. Uh, Caleb got hurt. It's like, maybe that played a role, but still like, it's just, that's what they do. And teams in the PAC 12 traditionally have, especially lately, haven't been well built to withstand that. Right. So yep. I, that's why they always have a chance. And, when you have to go on the road in Utah, I mean, you might as well just chalk that up to a loss almost right away. Like they just don't lose at home. You get in that, that it's cold. It's in the mountains. They're at home. Like they always have some kind of like dark colored uniforms. They get the black uniforms out. Like it's, it's just red numbers that no one can see. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's oh, a, it's a, it's a very interesting conference. Utah, one of those teams last year, I was like, how do they keep winning? It's like, they, they're not like the most talented team. Like you see, <laughs> Like USC last year, we talked about stacked top to bottom with like talent. You're just like, wow, this is a really good team. But they just, yep. they, they kept the kryptonite. But all right, let's get some final thoughts on this conference. Anyone want to talk about the Cal Golden Bears? We haven't talked about them yet. Uh, I don't know if there's any. Stanford. Yeah. Right, Stanford. We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. I don't know if there's any teams. They exist. Uh, Maddie, I don't know if you want to start with any other anything we haven't talked about yet. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Arizona State, right? Like, I think Arizona State is a school that historically people think should be better than what they are because they are in a pretty good spot. You do have a lot of high school talent that has moved out of California for various reasons. And Arizona is starting like in the high school level, starting to take a step up. So you're thinking teams like Arizona state and Arizona should be getting a little better. Obviously the things that, you know, went down with the previous coaching staff, not ideal kind of put them behind the eight ball, but Kenny Dillingham's back home. Like he's back there. He's ready to go. And I really liked what he was able to do with that on offense here, uh, especially with Oregon and stuff. So I'm excited to watch what he can do. I don't think they'll be good this year, but I'm just excited for it. I also want to see his Jaden Rashada play as a true freshman. Did they steal him from Florida or he got out of going to Florida for whatever reason? Yeah. Does he come in and play as a freshman? I just, I'm excited. I want to see them become good. I think, I think they are not in a hotbed of a spot, but I do think they are a team that could definitely be on the rise over the next decade. He might be the right coach to do it. Yeah, that's fun. I also want to know how much money he's making this year, Jalen Rashad. Oh. <laughs> Tell me the number. I want to know. I've I read the article. I need to know how much money this guy's making. Mostly just out of jealousy. Um, no, I, this is going to be a, a fun conference to watch. It, it does feel like it's kind of predetermined with USC, but as we mentioned, like Washington, Utah, Oregon are very, very talented rosters with experienced quarterbacks, experienced head coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not just like the, oh, it's just USC. Like this is a, a compelling Honestly, like it might be the most compelling. I, I mean, we'll get to the Big Ten, and, and that's going to be a fist fight. But this feels like it's one where you you do have the haves and the have-nots, but those those haves are all right there, clustered together. So this is going to yeah. be a, a really fun you know match to see who's going to win. Maybe the final Pac-12 championship of all time. Ooh, put your bets in. I think. That. Yeah. I think I think it will be. I don't know if I don't think we'll see a Pac-12 after 2024. I'm going to call my shot. Take right the now. ball and go home. Like they're just gonna take the ball and just yeah. walk away, and the conference just gotta call it. They will. Right. Um, no, it's really interesting, a very interesting conference. But that's gonna do it for today's episode of Barely Bull Eligible. Appreciate you guys listening in as we preview the Pac-12, talk about what's going on. But next week we'll be back previewing another conference here as we we want power we want to preview a Power Five conference every week leading up to that Week Zero matchup where. Oh, we got some bangers on the week zero schedule, you know, (laughs) Navy and Notre Dame, um, some real good ones that we'll have to preview. So uh, make sure to stick around for that. We really appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end. So until next time, I'm Tucker Franklin for Matt Lane and Matt Miller. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.